Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, it feels good, don't it? Damn, it feels good to have people up on say yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to Wow, You're Native American Too, a podcast for natives to talk about native issues and hopefully educate a few non-natives in the process. My name is Joey Clift, I'm enrolled Cowlitz, and I grew up on the Tulalip Indian Reservation. And I'm also a comedy writer based out of Los Angeles. I've written for shows on Cartoon Network, DreamWorks, the UCB Theater, and a ton of other places. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to Sharice Davids from the Ho-Chunk Nation and Deb Holland from the Pueblo of Laguna. They're the first Native women ever elected to United States Congress. It took 242 years, but it finally happened this year, and that's pretty great. And I also want to give the opposite of a shout-out, I think that's technically a shout-in, to everyone that thought it would be funny to wear a store-bought Indian costume on Halloween and tell everyone that you were dressed as Elizabeth Warren. I saw a ton of these costumes on social media, and it made me uncomfortable every single time. So this is our first episode of the show, and I thought it'd be cool to talk about Native Firsts. Mainly how firsts happen for natives way later than any other group. It took 242 years before we had a native woman in Congress. The first Native American to ever present at the Academy Awards happened this year. Amazing actor Wes Judy had that honor. He's Cherokee, and the Academy has been around for 90 years, so I'd say that that's pretty long overdue. It also took about 90 years for the first Native American family sitcom to be sold to a major television network. The show is an autobiographical family comedy that follows a Native American family that trades their impoverished reservation for Los Angeles, a move inspired by the dreams of a 14-year-old boy to live in Hollywood. But adjusting to life in this new world of Teslas and $10 lattes proves to be weirder and more complicated than this loud, proud, and tight-knit family was expecting. That sitcom sold in 2017, and we've got the show's creator, Lucas Browneyes, who's a really funny writer and a member of the Oglala Lakota tribe in the studio. Let's check out that interview. Welcome to another episode of Boy. How's it going, Lucas? Hey, I'm 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 good. You know, it's Oglala Lakota. Oh, okay. O- yeah. Oglala Oglala Lakota. Okay, Oglala, got it. Yeah. Oh god, it's alright. Oh. A case of the stupid mouth. No, it's all good. I mean, when you hear something, you never know how to pronounce it when you read it. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm doing good. You know, it's a it's a big big week for us. We have the first in the you know. Uh, First Native women in Congress. That's amazing. I'm feeling really pumped about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm Oglala Lakota. Yeah, so, yeah, like, let's uh, tell me a little bit about yeah. your tribe. Um, yeah, so I'm Oglala Lakota. Um, we're mainly located in South Dakota. Our reservation is the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. It's um, known as the poorest, most dangerous place in America. Wait, the poorest and most dangerous place in America? Oh, yeah. Lowest life expectancy by far. Oh, oh um, God. <laughs> now, I, I throw around those statistics, but in truth, there's like nine other Native communities that at any given time 
you know, whether or not their subway closed, uh, they could be the poorest. Oh know? yeah. I feel like it's, con- I feel like it's like a competition. Like we're yeah, always kind of fighting for it. It's an absolute competition. That's, uh, something that, uh, I grew up on the Tilapinian reservation and I didn't learn this until after I left the reservation and went to college. It's the third richest reservation in the country. So like they have like a resort, they have a casino and they have all that stuff. And like, it's something that, uh, I just thought all reservations were like that until I started, you know, like hanging out on other reservations and meeting people. And I'm like, oh no, I was like, I grew up on like a top 1% reservation. Ah, so I hate you. That's, <laughs> oh, that's it's the, fair. It's fair. I, I, I hate me too. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the takeaway from this whole thing is that I hate you. No. Um, yeah, I'm from one of the, the not so nice ones. Um, but you know, we're cool. We have a, a big history, uh, crazy horse, red cloud. We have all nice. kind of the cool names. Yeah. yeah you have a lot of the cool, yeah, um, crazy, like a lot of the cool, like native figures that have accomplished a lot of great stuff yeah yeah that's uh yeah and also the cool figures um so brown eyes is i think even too fake for our tribe i'm like mm. <laughs> like that that just sounds like a nickname yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think second season of my uh, show i worked on called young and hungry um one of the, the like the stars of the show was like oh that's your real last name i thought it was a nickname i'm like nope it's on the scripts and he goes i know i just thought it was a nickname on the scripts too i'm like Nope, that's my name. I think that that is something that uh, oftentimes natives feel a pressure to like native up their last name. Like my last name's Clift. That's the most like European, like white bread, like possible name that I have. But like I know a lot of natives that have just like very. Some of them have like very like legit names. Then some of them will kind of. It's like there's a gray area oftentimes of like, wait, is that is that not? Yeah, I know. Um, well, because also in my you know in my family there's also Richardson. So, you know. Uh, so, yeah, like brown eyes on one end, and then, and then other extremely native name, Richardson. Uh, it's actually like a very common native name, but, you know, it's not as fun. Um, in my pilot, I have a, a joke where. Because uh, it's based on my life, so I, yeah. I I went super realism and named everyone. Yeah, let's after get into it. So you sold the first native family comedy due to a major network last year. So, yeah, let's just get into it. What's the show oh, about? In my pilot, um, it's based on my life and everyone has, uh, you know, names like my family. Um, so no one understands the brown eyes name in there. They're like, so brown, like no <laughs> brown eyes. So can you spell that for me? Brown and then eyes. And it's just a running joke that no one understands it. And then every single time they understand it, they're like, oh, cool. Do you have brown eyes? <laughs> and it's just this joke that gets older and older and older. And then the grandma goes, we have an awesome name. In fact, you know, uh, not all natives have really cool names, just the badass ones like us. Um, and it's just kind of a cool, like, running joke that I like, because one, it's just every day of my life. Um, uh, for, for the record, uh, Lucas's eyes are not brown, they're uh, pink. Yeah, they're bright pink. <laughs> they're it's, bright it's a pink. rare genetic disorder. Yeah, rare dis- genetic disorder. I'm ca- you constantly need Visine. Oh, it, it's it's a it's an everyday struggle. So, uh, wh- why did you write this show? Yeah, well, it is the first Native American family sitcom to go to pilot. Well, to to have the pilot sold. Yeah, and let, let's uh, I guess let's uh, explain that for our listeners at home. So, um, just because you sell a show, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to production. It's going to be on TV. There's multiple levels to this. So, you sold the pilot script, which is basically right. it's like the concept for it, or kind of like the test episode for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it works. You you sell the idea, they buy the script. If it's good, they make the pilot, and if that's good, they go to series. Um, by good, I mean there's a thousand other factors that play into it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like if the if the exec is uh, having a good day that day or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot, but I'm not going to say anything to mess up my deal. Um, Come on, no names. Uh, uh, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. It was. Uh, we're still in 
like the studio still has it. We're still alive. We're just trying to find a network for it after Fox passed because Fox bought it, but Fox Studios also bought it, if that makes sense. Right, so the right, studio right. owns it. Um, so, you know, we're still kind of doing that. But it was this amazing moment where I was like, oh, this was the first just idea, Native American family idea that has ever sold. And, you know, there are 80 pilots at least sold in the broadcast development season, if not more. I'm talking about comedy. Yeah. Um, so 80 a year for 90 years. I mean, I'm guessing it built up, but still, um, that's a lot of pilots sold. Yeah. So that's like around a thousand pilots. Oh, and- Way more, more, way more than that. Yeah. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> it's okay. A thousand in the that's last around, That's around. That's like yeah. 50 pilots. No. Um, um, so it was this amazing experience where it was like, oh yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, that's, that's something that's uh, just, I guess, being a native in the creative sphere and really just a native in like life, I think that it is insane to, you do something and then you realize after the fact or while you're doing it, oh, I'm the first native to do this. Like, uh, we co-hosted uh, the Uprising Spirit Theater um, about a month ago. Um, it was the first ever showcase of Native Americans at UCB. UCB's been around for about 20 years. And it wasn't until, like, we were, like, well into production putting the show together that I stopped and, like, looked at, the, looked at all the UCB back calendars. And I was like, yep, this is the first time that we've had a bunch of Natives at the UCB Theater. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, wherever I go, I'm usually the only one. Yeah. Um, and I think at a certain point, you get used to the first. Oh, yeah. Um, like, even just within my family, first in my generation to go to college, first to do this, first to do that. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, Hollywood is killing itself to find new original stuff. And here is an entire group of people that will give you nothing but first, nothing but new ideas. And we're still kind of, you know, pushed to the side. It's It's this insane, weird thing. But you know, it's also giving me the opportunity to be first in yeah. whatever I do. Oh, yeah. That's um, uh, like, I guess something that uh, I often think about is that uh, like what representation that natives have in media in terms of TVs and movies is often what we refer to as like leather and feather roles, mm-hmm. where it's, uh, you know, uh, like cowboys and Indians, just stereotypical like natives that, you know, existed 300 years ago wearing loincloths and stuff like that. Um, or like Hollywood will try to make like a biopic about a native figure that's, you know, like hundreds of years old that like they'll get all the details wrong. So I guess. And still from the point of view of a white person. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's still, still a white person saves the day. Don't worry. Um, so, uh, with like this desire for new stories and this, I think interest in the native experience, why do you think we haven't seen a ton of authentic native stories just on television or in film or in books and et cetera? Um, well, that's the pipeline. Um, if you want authentic stories, you have to go to the source. And if the source isn't available in, you know, Hollywood, then, oh, never mind. We'll just move on because we're, we're a studio. We have a thousand projects we can work on. I think either that or you run into the, like, the Lena Dunham situation where, like, she's writing, she's writing a movie about, like, Syrian refugees or something, right? And it's like, you know, it's somebody that is not a part of that group will say, I've got a story. And then everybody's like, oh, we trust this person. Sure, go for it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And that's the that's the pipeline. They have a few go to. I think when that happened, I made the joke. I'm like, why can't we solve diversity? We keep on hiring the same white people. <laughs> um, and it's it's very much true because they want new stories, but they don't necessarily want new people. They don't yeah. want to bring in the, the, the behind the scenes, especially in the writing um, and producing element of it is not as inclusive as what they want the stories to be. Yeah, I guess like let's just lay out some raw numbers. So like how many like working native comedy writers are there on average in all of Hollywood? 
less than a handful. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I don't want to leave anyone out, so I won't name names or anything. But working, yeah. there's usually one to two. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah, it's uh, like the numbers are, and that's not for like one TV show. That's in all of Hollywood. Yeah, not broadcast. In broadcast, it's pretty much just two, me and Sierra. That's yeah, it. yeah. Thank you for holding it down. Do not get fired. <laughs> yeah, Sierra, please don't. Um, yeah, and that, well, that that is just a, I feel like we, we talked about firsts and how oftentimes we're the only one. Do you feel, do you ever feel like a pressure of like, oh, I've got to, I've got to do better on this job or I've got to be like, I've got to be like an exceptional native because I, I kind of have like my people on my back basically. Uh, yeah, actually. So this actually plugs in to kind of what my show's about and a big theme, um, which is also why I wanted to tell the story. So a little backstory, uh, on me, which I probably should have done earlier. Um, yeah, it's okay. We're fine. So, uh, I'm from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Uh, also, you know, poorest, most dangerous, blah, blah, blah. I've already covered that. But it's also the bottom 1% of opportunity. It is just, there's no opportunity there. And growing up, you know, I always had this huge family. And, you know, it was me, my mom, my brothers, my aunt, my cousins, and my grandma, all living under one roof. And sometimes my uncle. Uh, all living under one roof. Uh, it was loud and crazy, but we were family and we were tight. And then when I was 12, my brother, uh, he died. And it kind of tore my family apart. And it actually, what happened was we ended up just falling to pieces because it was just so devastating. And it became just me and my mom. I went from this large, you know, eight, 10 person family to just me and my mom. And she knew she had to do something desperate. So she said, if we could go anywhere and start over, where would it be? And because I'm a dumb 12 year old, I'm like, Hollywood, <laughs> you know, I was that annoying kid who always knew what he wanted to do. Um, and then my I, mom, I hope that you said it like Hollywood. <laughs> I 100% said it like that. And I think I used jazz hands. Uh, you already had your, your collar popped when you were saying it, oh, you're, for do, sure. you're doing jazz hands. That's great. For sure. Um, and my mom, she did something equally as dumb. She said, okay. And so we moved down to Southern California, um, so that I could do television. And, uh, it was insane now that I think about it like almost irresponsible because my mom didn't have a job then this uh this was taken out because it was too unrealistic um but the day we got down there I applied to uh this art school and my mom uh got a job interview nice just the we were literally rolled in an hour later her interview hour later my interview um thank god we got both of them it's in. like great it's gonna work out yeah yeah <laughs> or oh, like a good thing this ha- good thing this worked out <laughs> yeah or we're down here with no money and yeah. in a completely foreign land with no connection to anyone um but it did work out and the crazy thing is within a month my brother got chased out of south dakota because he's the kind of guy who get chased who gets chased out of places God, he's gets chased out of an entire state yep um, and then uh, a tree fell in my aunt's house and they had to move back in and it was just this crazy thing. So you had like the whole family living in the house. Yeah. Within six months, my entire family regrouped. And nice. I like to say that my family is, you know, we're like the Lakota spirit. You can knock us down, but you can't keep us there. Um, but at the same time, I get that whole, everything's spinning on you. Cause guess what? I knew from the beginning that they moved to Southern California, a place that we had no no connection to, a place that's a thousand times more. Yeah, expensive they moved there for you, for me. So, yeah. so I, I'm kind of it, it was built in the the pressure of like, oh yeah, you're the future of this family. Um, yeah. And don't say that to your kids, but I've had that said to me many times. Oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you feel that burden. Um, and going forward, I know that oh, I am 
representative of native writers in Hollywood. I have to be that. Yeah. And I think that we don't like, uh, Hollywood is very much an industry where like, you know, kind of connections get you everywhere. You know, you, you also should have talent and hard work and mm-hmm. things like that. But like, uh, it, it sure helps if you've got like an uncle that like is Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, for the most part, natives don't necessarily have that. So, uh, especially in the entertainment industry, we really have to like make our own way and hustle and like, but I, I, I do agree with what you were saying in that, um, uh, you know, like natives come together, natives help each other. Like you were saying, like your family came together. I think that whenever I meet other natives in Hollywood, uh, I feel like we stick together and we help each other. And there is just like a real, like familial side to it of like, we, you know, like the few of us that there are, we're all in this together for lack of a better. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think it's also one of the reasons why people are like, Oh, we can't find any people of color. It's like, cause there's, cause you, you deal on nepotism and connections. Yeah. And we don't have any of that. Well, it's like there's no people of color. There's no natives in the office that you work in. Yeah. But there's still, uh, you know, plenty of like enclaves of native creatives in Los Angeles. Oh, there's tons. I mean, that's why that was one of the things we talked about at the UCB native show is that, hey, we're here and we're super funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did a full show with like 20 natives. They're all super funny. And like, so we're clearly we're together and we're yeah. doing stuff, but there's not necessarily like, you know, we're not in an exec's office. Yeah. I, um, so I guess we, what I'm saying is we need to do that show in an exec's office i'll book it tomorrow it'll be great it'll be super funny perfect yeah, and yeah. it'll of course go yeah yeah great, yeah. great, great. development deals for everyone involved um, <laughs> they just they just uh, they make it rain with development deals they just have a stack of scripts and they just let it go yeah and uh the funny thing is so i actually had zero connections going ever I'm, i don't think i've been connected to one person except for like a lot of medicine men and lakota things yeah um so super connected there but as far as hollywood no and as far as like knowing how to open a savings account no one in my family knows how to do that. Oh, um, yeah. I had to figure all that stuff out on my oh, own, yeah. too. <laughs> Completely financially literate, my entire family. Like, I, uh, I shouldn't say this in there. Like, I got my first credit card this year because my family just doesn't have great credit. So, like, just credit was always taught to me as something to fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, yeah, I still feel like I should, but, like, no. it was like, oh, I should have a credit line. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I first got out of, uh, when I graduated USC and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a TV writer, I was like, oh, how, how do I do that? Because I yeah. went to production. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, you're not getting into production. Go into writing. I wanted to go and I wanted to be a writer, but I'm like, well, you told me not to get it to do. Yeah. Now I'm going to do production. Um, plus, I wanted to know, you know, the whole process and blah, 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 my reasons. Um, but when I graduated, I had zero idea how to be an actual TV writer. Right. And so what I did was I looked. Where are all the Native American TV writers? Super shocked to find. Um, You're just like, like where? Yeah, where are all all of these successful Native TV writers that have TV shows? Surely they exist, right? Yeah. So I found um, Sierra. <laughs> yeah, Sierra, the only one. Uh, but no. So I looked up and I found the very few, admittedly less than five in the decade. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, how did they do it? And they all came from the ABC writing program. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, oh, so that's what I got to do because there's no other way. I didn't know about, oh, you use your connections to get a writing assistant job or, you you know, you apply. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone has connections, but, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know how the, I didn't know the stuff. Oh, yeah. Like when I first moved to Los Angeles, I didn't know anybody. So I just called production offices and I was like, will you hire me as a writer's assistant? And I would immediately hear a dial tone. <laughs> See, you knew way more than I did. I was just like, uh, what do I do? All right, ABC writing program. Yeah. Um, and l- the good news is I, I got into that. A yeah. lot of mine is being massively ill-prepared 
And then, you know, luckily I get in. Well, yeah. And then you see like one, like one way in and you're like, well, guess I'm going to put all my eggs, my eggs in that basket. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of plugs into the idea of, Hey, you're the hope of this family. Yeah. You're, you know, even for me, I pin all my things on this one, you know, program on this one school, because when you're native, you don't have the opportunities. So, um, I guess We've talked about like a, a lot of firsts so far, um, you know, First Native Congress women uh, like West Studi, you sung this First Native series. Why do you think it takes longer for Natives to accomplish all of these firsts? Uh, I think that we are pushed out of society. They, yeah. they, they don't want to include us. And when you're not included in the media, in conversations, why would they ever include you in anything else? When they can't even mention your name in studies. I remember, well, not I remember, constantly there are studies where like Native Americans will be the most affected in violence, poverty, whatever it is. But the headline they have is always about someone else and they never include us. I'm like, well, what about us? Yeah, I feel like we're like, it's for demographically, we're kind of the like, we're the other demographic. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, oftentimes they don't even say natives. It's just like, you know, like miscellaneous or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, some people call us statistically insignificant, which is the most demoralizing thing you could ever hear. Which is also incorrect. There are, it is three, incorrect. Mi- there are three million of us. Yeah, well, there's way more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are three million of us, I think, like registered yeah, like, on yeah. the census or whatever. Yeah, and then like five million, but we're even more than that because my tribe uh, has about 40,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, mine's, got, mine's got, I think, 4,000 people. But they, Wow, they, now I hate you. <laughs> Oh, yes. You, yes. You, you guys get to have all the money to yourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, my tribe is about 40,000, but they actually think it's like double that because yeah. Native Americans are afraid of the census and afraid to enroll in things because they don't trust the government. Well, uh, well, some do not painting with a broad brush here. Well, there's also like there is the the government has done a lot of stuff to uh, to mess with that. There's um, I believe it was uh, 1887, the Dawes Act passed, and it granted citizenship to Native Americans who gave up their tribal affiliations. Yep. So, like, there are so many Natives that, like, you know, aren't, like, uh, like I'm an enrolled member of a tribe, I have a card and all that. Like, there are so many Natives that uh, kind of, like, don't have the ability to do that because they, you know, they signed up for U.S. citizenship in the 1800s. Or, like, in a lot of cases, like uh, like my friend Taylor's case, uh, like, the, you know, just their, when the census came around, their, like, grandparents didn't trust them, so they didn't, they didn't check the native box yeah and like they don't have birth certificates or you know i can i mean i know people right now who don't have birth certificates yeah um so our numbers are actually way higher than that there's there's some odd 300 million indigenous people so like globally we're you know we're strong very globally yeah um so yeah the statistic i mean also if my show got let's say five million right uh which is you know the the supposed native population if if they showed up That'd be one of the highest rated shows ever. Yeah. Um, well, not ever, but that'd be a very high rated show. Yeah, it would be like, like the whatever exec signed up for that show would pat themselves on the back and they'd be like, we did it. Yeah. Plus, I cannot tell you if every person who thought they had Native American DNA and then like every white person who's like, oh, I have indigenous ancestors. There would be that would 12 be the country. billion yeah. natives. Yeah, it would, it would be insane. So it's not that we're insignificant. We're not. It's that... We are ignored. Yeah, I, I, the way that I the way that I try to look at it is like we're like we're not insignificant in numbers, but in terms of uh, I think uh, media portrayal, we're not represented. Yeah, and like, that 
like there just aren't there aren't like native there aren't like native role models that you can point to on TV and say like oh yeah that's like a native doctor that's on a TV show or that's a native cop or like oh that's a native astronaut or whatever and those all of those things exist but we're just not seeing it on television yeah exactly and that's super demoralizing yeah and representation has so much more than you know, just the on-screen presence. It has the, it gives kids hope, you know, on my reservation and many others, um, it has one of the highest suicide rates in the country. In fact, that's how my brother died. And that's like, and that's fairly regular. And like that, that is, that's a, there's a high statistic of that native country. And I directly point to representation. Yeah. It's when you see someone not just on TV, but in the media, in the news, doing something amazing, you know that there's hope and you know that, oh, I can do that. Like things will get better. And when you don't have that, you feel so alone. Like that's something it really hit me when I was uh, going to university. Like, uh, like I was a mentor for the Native Student Center at my college and just how many, how few natives even attend college because it's like, it's just not thought of as a possibility. Like it's just, it's, you know, the, there isn't, Part of it is like a hope thing, but part of it is you just don't think about that as like a thing that you can do. Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't see that path. That's not yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, one hundred percent. And when it's not for you, you don't do it. And that's how so many things. That's why we are not representing so many things. It's because we're we're not we're not shown to do it. We're not. There's no no one wants us in there. Kind of. Um, and like I wouldn't say that no one want like I wouldn't say that nobody wants us in there. I think it's just we're not like whenever we get like the slightest spotlight people will kind of like they'll say that they want it but then they'll kind of brush us away yeah that's exactly what it is and, and like they don't really want it yeah it's, it's 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 more of an apathy thing yeah um but yeah it's it's very demoralizing uh to have that lack of things i remember speaking of college my uh so i joke around I'm like oh well in my brand i'm more of the drop out of college become a billionaire type person and my mom shut that down so quick <laughs> she was like you are native american You're, you will be a trillionaire <laughs> yeah no well, she, she was like white people if you notice all the Steve Jobs and everyone, Elon Musk, all the yeah. people who drop out, those guys are white. You're Native American. You have to graduate. So I uh, mean, I get it. Even being a cool dropout playboy billionaire was not in my path. Well, yeah, and that's what we were talking about earlier about just like the pressure to be the exceptional Native because like if you got your foot in the door, like if you don't step all the way through, like there are only so many Natives that like have those opportunities or that go for those opportunities. And like there is a there is a feeling of like, not like I have to be a role model for my people, but like a little bit. I mean, totally. I can, yeah. I cannot tell you not to, because uh, I don't bring up any of uh, drinking in conversations. But I cannot tell you how many natives I know who don't drink at all. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't, yeah, I don't drink at all. N- neither do I. See, yeah, there's yeah. two. Yeah, and that's just because of like the f- the firewater stereotype that exists, and like, oh, drunk natives or whatever. Exactly. And the the people I, I know, a few people who do, but they hide it. They will never be photographed with it they won't do it in public uh, but, or like well not in public but like not around friends yeah i i know natives that own it and every time that they own it i'm like we're not there yet where we can make fun of that no. yeah, yeah, yeah so like i mean i cannot tell you so two natives randomly don't drink that's a huge everyone drinks and when you don't drink you realize how much everyone drinks because oh, oh yeah 
I'll have a water. But also, like, when you, uh, so the worst thing for me is, like, when I was in college, and I would go to parties, and I would, um, you know, somebody would, like, offer me a beer or whatever, and I would say, like, no, I'm good. They don't drink. I don't drink. They would immediately jump to conclusions about why I didn't drink. Oh, yeah. And, like, oftentimes, like, it would literally happen where they'll there be like, oh, it's because he's native. And it's like, what? That's, like, the most racist thing that you could assume. It's insanely racist. 100% true in my case, but still racist. It's Yeah, it's like, it, it, I guess, statistically? Well, for me, like. I, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had family members uh, have problems with it, and uh, I made a specific choice that, you know, because I'm Native, I can. But that's not true for everyone, and it's also still just racist to say. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, don't make assumptions about a broad group of people, or just somebody that's in your house that, like, says that they want a soda instead of a beer or whatever. Yeah. But I I think that, I mean, you know, I think there is a feeling when you're in college of, like, oh, this person's not joining on the fun why, why are they not joining on the fun? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's sad that fun equates to drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's that pressure to be just you, you have to represent because, oh, you're the only one that's going to be there for like, you know, a while. You might be the only one that this show ever meets. You might be the only Native American on that show. I think five seasons. And I don't know if there was another Native American. This was the show that you were writing for, on. Yeah. Well, yeah, from uh, for I, I wrote on a show for five seasons on Freeform called Young and Hungry. Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't think there was another Native American there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, they were amazing, but it's still, I have to represent now. So uh, on the subject of firsts, what are some firsts that you would like to accomplish? Like that you, that not, not just happen to accomplish, but some, what are some firsts as far as being, you know, a Native in Hollywood that are like on your to-do list or on your bucket list? Uh, first Native American family show to series. Like I would like That'd to get great. that to air. That would, that's my, my sole yeah, thing. Come on, executive who's in charge of that, listening yeah. to this, approve it. <laughs> um, like that would be like my dream to, to be able to be, yeah. oh, I was the, the guy who brought a Native American family to television. That's a dream I would like to accomplish. I would just like to, to see natives everywhere. I'd like to see a Native American procedural. I'd like yeah. to see a Native American drama. I just want to see natives on television in roles that aren't that don't involve loincloths. Like I yeah. just want to see a native that like also works at a subway or whatever. Yeah, I want to. Uh, well, uh, the cool thing about my show is uh, the mom character. She was in technology, and that was yeah. a, a big area that we that we got to explore. It was, a, it was a, you know really funny because everyone assumed oh natives are primitive and blah blah oh you know what Wi-Fi is and it's like yeah I'm a computer programmer I have a degree yeah. in computer science yeah I'm a human being yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just you know there's that stereotype and it's very much alive and it, it's it's in your writing because either you write something modern or you write something you know a period piece yeah you either write something that takes place in you know colonial days yeah or you write something that's 2018 you know yeah and and I feel like. I, I, I shy away. I mean, I'm, I, w- I wouldn't say I would never do a period piece because there's some amazing stories that need to be told. Yeah. But I definitely prefer telling modern stories um, because we're still here. Yeah. Um, and also, these are the freshest stories. These are the stories that have never been done before. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, we've seen, an, we've seen a billion stories about, you know, natives that take place, you know, in the prairie days or whatever. But we've seen so many stories or so few stories of contemporary natives that for me, just as a comedy writer, it feels like it's, it's kind of like an untapped gold mine. Oh, it's super untapped. There's so many jokes that just uh, like nobody has told. No one has told. told. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember one time and so I'm known, uh, like in 
the industry, the people who hire me for being the joke guy. I ran the joke yeah. guy on our on our show. We did like 450 jokes a week because um, we there's this thing called alts where you do alternatives to jokes yeah. when you're doing a multicam. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we've got a joke. Can we have some different jokes just in case that joke doesn't yeah. land? Yeah, and my job and you was... You just send the actor out and they just hold the script and read out 400 jokes. <laughs> yeah, so my job was to, uh, you know, take my room and collaborate on that. So I was known as the funny guy. And then I had one very well-meaning person, not on this show, but just who hired me for another project, um, said, oh, are Native Americans funny? I'm like, well, you're paying me a lot of money to be funny, I would, <laughs> I would hope. Uh, that's a funny question. On that note, I think we should take a break. Are you looking for cheap land to build a haunted house, but all of the Indian burial grounds are already taken? You should try a European burial ground. Paid for by Natives for Haunted House Equality. All right, so now here's the part of the show where we do one of my favorite things, and that's throw shade at people. So, uh, Lucas, a lot of... Uh, I feel like every native has a story of a stupid question that's been asked to them by a non-native. So you mentioned that an exec asks, asked if natives were funny while you were working on a comedy writing job. Uh, are there any... Other weird questions that non-natives have asked you about being native? Uh, well, this is one that everyone gets, and it's so dumb that I that people don't believe you when you say, oh, no, I get this question. It's, do natives still exist? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, there's one standing in front of you. I'm constantly talking about them. Why don't you think we exist? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that plugs into what we were talking about earlier about lack of representation and whatnot. But it's also just a really dumb question. Yeah. It's like, well, well yeah. It's like, like, people think that we're, like, J.R. Tolkien, like, elves, you know? People yeah, People think we're exactly. magical creatures. Yeah. Um, well, and that also parts because the only time they've ever seen us were in the 1800s. Yeah. Being magical creatures. Yeah, we're staring off in the distance talking while flute music's playing and we also do rain dances and stuff. Yeah. My, my show actually has that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it like cuts out and it's like, no, we are yeah, not no, like this. No, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think that didn't you were telling me, didn't somebody ask you once if you had magic powers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hoping that I don't think it was a joke, but I, I someone legitimately asked. So I responded, oh, yeah, when you turn 30, you become a shapeshifter. Yeah. We just which is don't tell you guys. Which is completely true. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. We just don't tell you. Um, and you don't know because we could be a deer at any point. In fact, yeah, that's where yeah. all the Native Americans are. We're deer. Yeah, we're deer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of other dumb questions. Well, I got yeah. one. Um, yeah. Were you born in a teepee? I've gotten, did you grow up in a teepee? And this oh. is, and this is not from, this is not from like a kid. This is from like a grown adult in their thirties that went to college that like I'm friends with. Yeah. I always tell them yes. Yeah. The uh, answer is yes. Yeah. yeah 100%. Of we course. were all born in teepees. Yeah. Hospitals just don't, you know, just, why, why would you use a hospital? Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Um, uh, cause you're like, oh, we don't all have teepees. This is insane. And teepees, that's specifically like a plains thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my tribe. Yeah. Like there's so many, like, there's 562 tribes in or more. Um, there's 562 in, like federally yeah. recognized tribes. There are more that are like on the state level and also more that just aren't federally recognized. Yeah. Um, and you know, my tribe, we're, you know, we're the cool ones. What can I say? But so we're, we're like the teepees. We're the cool names. Didn't you also create dream catchers? Uh, yeah. Well, Lakota and Ojibwe. Um, oh, got it. Cause dream catchers are like an Ojibwe thing, but Lakota also say it. Yeah. Um, I have both in my family. So I'm oh. like, well, whatever I'm covered. So you get, yeah, so you get like five cents for every dream catcher. That's oh, sold. yeah, totally. No, no. <laughs> oh, I, if if so they did, money. oh my God, it'd be so much money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we're like dream catchers and we're all, we're, we're a lot of the iconic representation, but then, you know, you go South and there's 
this amazing jewelry. And well, there's these, pueblos, and, and there's pueblos, which and are like you know, like they're like houses made out of clay and like carved into like hills and stuff. Yeah, and there's these, um, yeah, I, my favorite ones are the towns carved into the side of a hill. Yeah, that is the coolest thing ever. And guess what? That would be an amazing thing to include in a thing. Like if I was yeah. doing the Native American Black Panther. I would for sure have entire cities in the side of mountains. That sounds awesome. Well, like my, my tribe's Cowlitz and we're coastal Salish and we're more like, we're more like cedar. So like mm-hmm. we have big long houses made out of cedar and I, mean, I think pretty much like everything that we use is made out of cedar. So like our experience is way is, is very different from TPs. So like I was born in a long house, not yeah. a TP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's funny because, uh, there's so we're we're so diverse. The difference between like South Dakota and Arizona, like distance wise, is almost the distance between Spain and Egypt. Yeah, well, it really is like I, the way that I try to explain it to people is it's like Europe, where like uh, like there isn't one European experience. Like there are like similarities here and there, but like you know, somebody who grew up in Spain is going to have a vastly different life experience than somebody who grew up in like Poland. Yeah, exactly, and. And also different like norms and cultures and languages and stuff like that. Yeah, which which is another reason why I think there's so many opportunities for first. Yeah. Because we're so broad and we're so different from each other that, you know, oh, I'm, you know, first Lakota show and then there could be a first Diné show. Yeah, like there shouldn't be just the like they shouldn't say like, oh, first Lakota show. Got it. We've covered all natives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um so th- there's so many opportunities for first, I think, which is amazing. Uh, a little bit ago, you talked about how oftentimes people don't believe that your uh, like that brown eyes is actually your name. And um, it, just speaking of stupid questions, you mentioned that like Facebook wouldn't let you like Facebook didn't believe you. They made you change your name or something. Yeah, yeah. Facebook um, took me down. They they blo- suspended me or they suspended whatever. Suspended his account. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, well, Native American, that's a that's a fake name. I'm like, really? I have a friend named Jimmy Get Money Carter. He's still up. Why are you going after brown eyes? Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I guess yeah. they... Uh, Jimmy, you know, you're talking about Jimmy? Jimmy of the Get Money Carters? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's insane how they... And this happened like, oh, like seven years ago. Yeah. A long time. Um, but they made me upload my ID. And I'm like, well, you're just having Native American names upload their ID. That's super discrimination. Why would you? Oh do that? yeah. Well, that it, like it's. Uh, I feel like oftentimes we're forced to, I guess, prove our ethnic identity. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, you're Native. I have a friend. You know, like, I, like, oh, so you're like one eighth Cherokee or whatever. Like, people will make up. They'll, they'll like say something that kind of dis- dismisses it. And then I think that like speaking uh, specifically in your case of Facebook with your last name. Uh, like people just won't think, oh, there are natives and like, this is like a a real native person's last name. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you never, I mean, this goes into our theme of representation, everything, if you've never, you know, met a brown eyes or a red cloud, um, or a two bowls, um, just listing family members here. My favorite's crazy thunder. Um, that's tight. Oh, it's a good name. Super. I love it. Um, if you've never met that, of course, you're going to think that's a fake name. And, you know, it's not even necessarily your fault, but you haven't been exposed to an entire name. Like, imagine if you went an entire time not knowing, like, um, not knowing Kaminsky. Yeah. Uh, you'd be like, oh, I've never heard of that. Is that a name? No, I think I'm going to start. Know. I think I want to start doing that. Where like, if somebody introduces themselves to me and their last name is Smith, I'm going to be like, nah, it's a fake name. Smith. Dude. Like Ironsmith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Iron. Like nobody's ever heard of a Smith. What? 
Um, so uh, a big thing that I want to cover on this podcast is how hard to define the Native experience is. So to you, I guess, like, what is Native American? Do, does blood quotient play a factor into it? We're talking about, like, having to prove your identity. Like, what, what to you, I guess, would you define as Native in terms of people? Yeah, it's 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 that's a super tough question, yeah, which we'll cover in the last two minutes of the show. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, like native identity is so tricky because one, we are like we said, so diverse, over five hundred and sixty-two tribes, and I most people don't go by blood quotient because we're not like dogs. Well, also like <laughs> blood quotient was a thing. By, by, by blood quotient, we're referring to somebody saying, "Oh, they're one sixteenth, or they're one thirty-second, or whatever. yeah," and that. Like, I could be wrong on this, but blood quotient, wasn't that concept created by the U.S. government to, like, lower roll numbers or That's something? exactly, and it was designed so that eventually our identity and our culture would be wiped out. Yeah. And they've been, they've been doing that through blood quotient and through boarding schools. They want to erase our culture and our identity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that is part of the reason why we've been talking about it. Why aren't Native Americans in the media? Why aren't we doing that? Well, because for about 200 years... We were specifically trying to be erased. Well, yeah, there was a, I think it was a tagline um, specifically. I think that the, it was an official U.S. government stat tagline of uh, kill the Indian, save the man. Yeah, yeah, and that like, started from the Carlisle School. Yeah, yeah, and like they would take natives, uh, they would like kidnap natives when they were really young, take them to boarding schools, and then like, you know, like, like, like beat them and like abuse them if they like spoke their native language and like things like that. Yeah, and again, that's not an old feathers and leathers period piece that my grandma went through that. Oh, yeah. Didn't like the last First Nations boarding school in Canada close like this decade? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think in America, it was in the 90s. Yeah. Um, so this isn't this isn't 200 years ago. This is like in our lifetimes, the stuff went on. Yeah. So identity is really tricky because of all this stuff that yeah. people have done to erase us. Well, there, there are also like we talked about earlier, um, you know, the Dawes Act where like natives would lose their tribal affiliation with the exchange of being... Uh, you know, a U.S. citizen or whatever. Like, uh, it is, it's just a very complex question. Yeah, and there's so many stereotypes around it. Yeah. Like, my brother, um, when he had, like, a shaved head, everyone thought he was, like, Mexican or Filipino. Yeah. And then when he grew long hair, everyone's like, oh, you're Native American. I mean, it happened to me. Like, I've got short hair now. Uh, like, I have to, like, prove that I'm Native. But when I was in college, I had long hair, and everybody was like, boom, that's the Native guy. Yeah, and it's just this weird thing where, oh, this you This is more, like, hair. cultural, but, like, even just, like, cultural costume that we can wear to often be yeah. considered Native. And and the truth is, my tribe, we do, we, long hair is very important to us. Um, and, you know, we, we have, there's a reason why we do have long hair, and it's very uh, cultural. And that's, like, a part of it, is our identity, for me, is the culture it's it's what i grew up with it's our beliefs it's our values yeah um it's not a blood quotient thing it's knowing your history growing up in a native family yeah i think that 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 is something that i always try to think about when i'm when i'm like you know talking to like talking to a native and like sussing out like i guess like what their what their level of, like if they've got shapeshifter magic yeah, yeah. you ask their tribe you ask yeah, it's their like, reservation yeah it's like oh yeah what tribe are you oh you, what reservation are you oh like uh did, did, have you have you visited your aboriginal land and then you know you just kind of talk native with them yeah and um i think that uh, you know like of course you should have some biological tie to being native but it's so much more than that yeah but it is like yeah it is uh like are you do you are you at least aware of your culture? You don't necessarily yeah. have to know like all your tribes like legends or creation stories or whatever, but just like, do you 
care. Yeah, my tribe for enrollment, they kind of have like a who you wit type mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Which is like, who are you related to? And that's what makes you in this tribe. Yeah. And they don't, you know, they don't go by much else. Yeah, um, like my tribe, we've got like, it's somebody's job. We've got like a computer somewhere that's got like just a, a genealogy for everybody in the tribe. So like, it is this cool thing where when I uh, talk to somebody from my tribe, I'll usually say like, oh yeah, like my mom's Janet Meyer. And they'll immediately be like, oh, Janet, she's related to this person who's yeah. a part of like this family, like this tribal family. Yeah, my mom. Uh, because like who you wit is like yeah, totally she, she's honest. the gatekeeper of that. Like whenever yeah. I meet anyone from Pine Ridge or who's Lakota, um, uh, she's always like, okay, so they're with them, we're with them, we're related to them through this. We're always related, which is... Uh, yeah, we're all cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which makes dating incredibly hard. Oh, it's very like hard, that. very yeah. hard. It's why I, it's the real reason why I moved. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's this thing where it's our identity, it's our family, and that's so much more than blood. And, you know, all these like 23andMe um, tests where people are like, oh, I took this and I'm blah, 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 Native American. Yeah, I found out I'm 6% Native. Yeah, but even if It's you, like they don't even know what tribe it is. Yeah, but even if you were half... Um, like, I'm glad you're an ally. I'm hope, I hope yeah. you explore your identity more, but you're starting to see people come in and like sell native American jewelry. Now I'm like, oh, well, yeah. you don't know how to do that. You never, oh, yeah. the worst for me is when I see somebody like, you know, they're, they, they get a 23 and me that just says like 5% Indian. And then they immediately buy a smudge kit and like yeah. start blessing things. Like I, it's I, like, ah, oh, don't do that. That's gross. Like I for sure want you to be an ally and I want you to explore your culture. What, you know, whatever. Yeah. But don't come in and sell our stuff because you think you have a right to it now. Well, oftentimes people will, they'll, you know, like, there are people that, like, discover their native identity a little bit later. And I think that, like, you know, like, I, I totally get that. But I think that what, I guess, speaking as a native, something that annoys me is when somebody discovers it and then immediately like owns it and mm-hmm. will like brush off other natives opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, There's well, like, I'm part native and I don't think that that's right. Well, yeah, yeah it's like I'm one sixteenth, and I think the Washington uh, football team's name is fine. Yeah. And it's like, well, one, no native speaks for all natives. Yeah. Two, yeah. except that guy. <laughs> two, you just came to the party and you're telling everyone what kind of punch to drink. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's that. Like, don't come to the party and tell everybody what punch to drink. Like, come to the party, enjoy. So, you know, if you're a native ally or if you found out you're Native American, congratulations, we're awesome. Come learn about your culture. Yeah, come learn how to shapeshift yeah. with us. <laughs> come, come support native artists, but don't think you can come in and, and take the mic from us because don't do that. That's yeah. Like sit down and listen for a little bit. Yeah. Sit down and listen. So, um, yeah, it's just this weird identity thing, um, where, yeah, we, we don't go by identity, but for me, it's, it's, it's my family. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good way to look at it. So, um, what are some things that you want non-natives to know about us? I guess like just, you know, you got the mic, feel free and say whatever. Uh, okay. So we're still here. Yeah. Um, we are not statistically insignificant, um, we are, at, we are roughly, and this is not counting the, um, you know, oh, we're probably double that or whatever, but just roughly what the census thinks we are. We're roughly the size of the Jewish community yeah. and you know, they're amazing and they've done so many things and you never hear people saying, well, we couldn't find a Jewish actor. Like I, I want people to know that we're not significantly in- insignificant. So using that as an excuse not to do things right or to include us is wrong. Um, cause I know dealing with right now, whenever you do a native project in Hollywood, casting comes up and they're like, Oh, well, what if we don't find it? I'm like, at one point, no matter what, you know, POC show it was, you know, the, a black show, a Hispanic show, an Asian show, someone said, Oh, well, what if, you know, we, we just can't find any blank actors. And it's like, yeah. well, 
you can't find them because you're looking at the same pool that you've always looked at and out of the people you've always hired and you've never done that before. And once you start doing it, you're going to just open up your world. Well, and also like natives don't just live on reservations. Like we're in big cities. I think that Los Angeles has the uh, biggest per capita like number of natives. There's like 20,000, 30,000 like stated on the census natives in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, so like we're, we're everywhere. We, uh, you know, like we work in offices. We, uh, you know, we work at gas stations. We uh, hang out at the local watering hole. Like, you know, we're, we're out here. Yeah, totally. So that, that's, that's my thing. And it may just be um, motivated because I want to be included. And that's my whole shtick. But it's true. We are still here. We are your neighbors. We are your friends. And we have these amazing stories to tell. Um, so that's, that's a big thing is like, include us, please. Yeah. Um, please give us the mic so I don't have to keep taking it and <laughs> lecturing everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's really great. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. This, is, this has been a really good talk. Wow. It was so great to have Lucas Brown Eyes in the studio to talk native stuff. If you're a Hollywood bigwig listening to this, you should buy a show. If you're not a Hollywood bigwig, but you still want to support Lucas, be sure and follow him on Twitter at Lucas Brown Eyes. Shout out to a few other creative natives, the Miracle Dolls for supplying some good music for the show, Mike Jordan for giving us our intro theme, and Jason Graysel for narrating that PSA. I also want to give thanks to non-natives, but native allies Cody Ziegler and Donnick Carey for producing today's show. If you've got questions, comments, or if the, there's a native you really want to see on this show, send me a tweet at joeytainment or shoot us an email at wownatives at gmail.com, and I might talk about it on the show. And for the record, Lucas and I were not born in teepees. We were born in hospitals, because come on, guys, it's 2018. I should not have to state that. Thanks for listening. And finally, Hoyt. That's how you say goodbye in Cowlitz. Bye, everybody. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que nos está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. O donde sea. Spanish Aki Presents. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.